recording in the basement of Kramer Hall to becoming one of the most respected brands in all of student media. You are listening to KCLU Columbia 88.1 FM, a free service of MSA GPC. And welcome in to the studio here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia online at KCOU.FM. You are listening to K&C Sports here on Sports Saturday here at KCOU. My name is Kyle Jones. I'm joined by my good friend Cole Tusing and our special guest today, Turner Klingemeyer. How you doing, bud? Hey, I'm doing all right. Good to see you guys. Right. It's always good to hang out. Yeah, good, good stuff. How about you, Cole? I'm doing good. We got a lot of great sports to talk about, a lot of great games, so let's just hop into it, shall we? Yeah, let's let's hop in. So, uh, you know, a nice little lineup we got today. We're going to start out uh, talking with about, you know, NFL stuff and then uh, any NCAA football games not involving the Missouri Tigers. Not involving the Missouri Tigers. Yes, not. yes, not involving the Missouri Tigers okay. because later on in the show— We'll be talking, you know, full-on all-Mizzou all the time. We're going to start with, you know, sports that aren't football. And then, all of right. course, we're going to cap off this show by uh, by talking about the main event, tonight's uh, tonight's big matchup between the Missouri Tigers and the Purdue Boilermakers. That game is, of course, live here on KCOU. You can catch it, I believe, pregame is at 5.30, maybe? That might be true. I, I, believe, I, I believe can't remember the exact time. I know I saw... I saw the thing, but I, I didn't get to see the. Yeah, time. I, I believe the, I believe pregame's at. Um, let's see. So kickoff is at six thirty, which means that pregame is at five thirty. So yeah. Tiger kickoff live at five thirty. Make sure you c- tune into that. That'll be here on KCOU, and then of course stay tuned with uh, with us for the game against Purdue from West Lafayette. It's the uh, the first the first real test I I would say for the Tigers this season. The first road game. Yeah, first road game. I mean. I mean, any road game's a test, you know, especially early in the season. You never know. You still got to work out the kinks. But uh, this is kind of an important game, in my opinion. I mean, looking back to last season, Purdue came to Furrow Field and absolutely killed the Tigers. Oh, my goodness. They demolished That was a rough Mizzou. game. I was there, painted up, sunburnt, demoralized. I wound up, uh, I wound up calling a hockey game. That day. That day. I, I drove. Uh, I, drove I was with Cole. I drove. Yeah. I drove down to. I drove down to Jeff City with our good with our good man Jordan Freeman, uh, and we called a hockey game together. It was but my yeah, second. Turner and I. Uh, the ho- the wounds will never be healed after that game. After that loss. Never. <laughs> never ever. Never. I, I, it was it was terrible. It was I, a rough game. I, I remember both Jordan and I. Uh, we were at Washington Park uh, Ice Rink where where Tiger Hockey plays. Yep. Um, and we got there, and both of us looked down at our phones when we got to the arena, and we go, man. I'm really glad we're calling a hockey game tonight, not going to a football game. Yeah, no, that that, that was that's it was disappointing. That that kind of gave a, a early sign as to maybe what the Barry Odom era looks like here at Mizzou. That was that was when um, that was really when the 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 bear, the you know you suck Barry chance started. Yeah, that was a that was a rough time, but he turned it around. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He turned it around. I that think. was that was the game where uh, that was the game that got the defensive coordinator fired. Yes, that was the game that our that that Missouri defensive coordinator was fired and he took over uh, yeah. on defense. Yeah. Uh, but I think this is a big game. You know, it is. But right. uh, I'm excited a lot to, to talk it. about here, yep. and we will definitely go in depth as the show goes. Yeah, later we'll, on. Definitely, we'll definitely break it down a little bit more as we 
continues. So we're going to take a quick little commercial break, and when we come back, uh, we'll be talking about the National Football League. So stay with us. Do you like helping people? Do you think that sexual health education is important at Mizzou? Do you want to grow as an individual? Yeah, Lisa, that's definitely me. You need to apply to Sexual Health Advocate Peer Education, SHAPE. SHAPE is saving the world one barrier method at a time. Their peer educators give presentations all over campus in the Columbia area on topics ranging from abstinence and healthy relationships to anatomy, STIs, and barrier methods. How do I apply? Just Google Shape Mizzou. You can go to studenthealth.missouri.edu and apply online. Wow, thank you so much, Lisa. I want to be a shape here. We are peers from the Sexual Health Advocacy Peer Educator Program, SHAPE, at Mizzou. We are stronger than ever this year. To refresh your memory, we provide a variety of services centered around sexual health education to faculty, students, and staff on Mizzou's campus as well as the Columbia area. We provide free barrier contraception methods across campus in residence halls, the Women's Center, and the Student Health Center. We provide sexual health educational programs to organizations on campus. We put on events throughout the year, such as Spectacular and Get Yourself Tested. And welcome back to KNC Sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM. You're listening to Sports Saturday coverage on this beautiful Saturday here in here in Columbia. Weather's really good. It's a shame that the Tigers are on the road. Uh, I would have loved to watch a football game in this weather. But speaking of football, let's talk about professional football. Let's talk about the NFL. Um, obviously, already one game down. This uh, this week, uh, we had the, the Bengals and the Ravens playing in Cincinnati. And uh, final score, Bengals won 34-23. to 23. And frankly, I think Joe Flacco is a terrible quarterback. Uh, I don't know. Did you? I, uh, I didn't get to see the entire game. So, okay. I, but I, I watched the highlights. I got to see most of it. I got to see the, the majority of the second half. Okay. Um, which, to be fair, you could argue that the game was already done by the first half. It was 14 to 28 at halftime. So you could, ar- you could argue that the game was already over. Right. Right. Um, but the, uh, the, the Ravens were within eight. At one point, yes. At, with, with, with about two minutes to go, actually. Okay. Um, they were within eight with two minutes to go. And the the Falcon not Falcon the Raven offense uh, just couldn't get it going, mm-hmm. um, and I mean you, you can chalk that up to either a very good secondary play by the Bengals or Joe Flacco's inability to you know throw a pass right. And then um, they went down by eleven. You know they they turned the ball they turned the ball over and the Bengals got a field goal. Okay. So it was, it was eleven. Uh, Ravens had, I want to say, two timeouts with a minute and a half left. Um, and so, so what I'll ask you, both of you guys, is uh, when you got a minute and a half left, mm-hmm. what is your strategy? What, what, how do you, you know, how do you do time management in that situ- situation? I'll, I'll let you answer, and then I'll tell you what the Ravens did. So, Cole, you start. Well, when you have a minute and a half, and you said they they were down by eight at that point. Uh, Eleven. Oh, 11. So what I would do if I was the coach or the quarterback, rather, I would put a touchdown, at least a field goal on the board with 
at least a minute to go. Well, but how, how do you get to that position? What what plays do you run to get yourself either in field goal range or to score? You can run a few shotgun plays. You can run, I wouldn't call a Hail Mary yet because it seems like there's way too much time for a Hail Mary. You could run some play-action plays. Depends on how the running game's gone all game long. I would just try to get the ball downfield as quickly as possible within a minute to go, score, maybe commit a three and out or possibly a turnover. It depends on how the defense does. And then either put up a field goal or a touchdown. It depends on how much you're down by at that point. And what do you do to manage the clock? The timeouts. Timeouts or... Get out of bounds. Yeah, bounds. Okay. Turner. How would I handle this? Yes. I mean, if I'm an, if I'm an offensive coordinator, I think at this point you kind of understand you're... You, with a minute and a half left down by 11, you're going to see either a lot of man coverage or a lot of cover three, cover four, right? Right. So depending on the look that they give you, you, you again, like it's hard to, to tell like, okay, am I going to change it to cover three? Are they in cover, you know, are they in zone or man? Right. But with Joe Flacco, he's a, he's a quarterback. He's been here in the NFL. You can't really fool veteran quarterbacks after a certain amount of time. Yeah, he's, he's, been, so he's you, been around. You got to let him trust, make the calls at the line. But you, you call plays and you give him control and, and you throw to the sideline. You're, you're throwing, you, you know, you can take shots over the middle if you have two timeouts. But if you're taking shots over the middle, then you have to understand this is the drive you're scoring on. There you go. So, like, you have to score that touchdown in that drive and then you got to play. We got to hope to get the onside kick. Right. And then it's if you do get that, you can go for the field goal. But the, the understanding is touchdowns should... Is, is your priority. Right. That's what's going to get you closer. I mean, sometimes you have to settle for the field goal and then try for the touchdown, but right. I think this is more along the lines of you got to just time manage. You have to take your timeouts. If it's if you're in the middle of the field, you got to clock the, you got to spike it. So clock it, um, get out of bounds. And you know, <laughs> I, it, you have to understand like, you're not going to see cover two. You're not going to see cover two. You're going to see man or you're going to see cover three or four. Let me tell you what the Ravens did in the last two minutes. Almost every single play that they ran was a slant route to the middle of the field. The The receiver did not run his route past the first down marker. Ran just, you know, right middle of the field, maybe for a five to six yard gain. Right. And because the Bengals were playing man, was then immediately tackled once again in the middle of the field. So clock's running. You're not getting first downs at all. How many timeouts did they have at that point? Two. So they, so they had two at the two. two at the two minute warning. They had two, but then they turned it over. I think they used both their timeouts on the Defense. Bengals' offensive. So they were out of timeouts at this point. Oh wow! Like you have to get out of bounds, and they didn't. And to make matters even worse, when it was like within a minute left, and you've got to start driving down, right? Yeah. They were still doing these slant routes to the middle of the field, barely, you know, barely five yard routes, right? right? And then they weren't spiking the ball. You know, that's just handicapping that's, yourself, honestly, at that yeah, point. Yeah, no, you're right. It is handicapping yourself. But I guess to, to touch on the point that you brought up to, to, to say Joe Flacco's bad, I mean, 32 of 55 for 376, two touchdowns, two interceptions isn't bad. I mean, the offense scored 23 points. This like, is true. Scoring this is 23 true. points in the NFL maybe isn't enough to get you consistent wins, but like... Again, he didn't look bad, and I and if you I watched a lot of the game, and his offensive line really didn't do him any justice. He took a lot of hits. He hung in the pocket really well, and he, he looked good. He looked really good at times. So I don't know. The Ravens aren't going to be as good as a lot of people thought they were after Week One, but 
I don't I don't I don't think you we can go off on the limb and say that Flacco's bad. I think maybe yeah, maybe that was a little bit of overstep by me. Um I think in you know, I think the be- the better the kind of better wording of what I was trying to say, right? Yeah. Not necessarily that Flacco is bad, but the play calling, man. The play calling that, wasn't ideal. That O C needs to get his head around how to play football in the two minute warning, man. Right. Like that was it's also week two of the NFL. Thursday night, you're down 11. Like I understand you want to try and come back and win, but at the same time, yeah, you do. You do have to consider cut your losses. It's it's week two. Don't get anyone hurt. But there definitely was true. someone who contributed to that Bengals win, and that man is AJ Green and Andy Dalton. Oh man, oh, AJ Green. Green went off, man. Five catches, 69 yards for three touchdowns. He averaged 13.8 a catch. Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton was 24 of 42 yes. for 265 and four touchdowns. Finished with a quarterback rating of 107 and a total QBR of 75.8. Ah, it's beautiful. That and it's beautiful. not that's a, that's not bad. Like that's a good it's a good day. But yeah. when you complete a little over 50 percent of your passes, and you still have, I mean, yeah, he had two 265 four touchdowns. But uh, I'd like to see him complete some more passes. I'd like to see him complete more. But the thing is, the ones that he did complete were nice. Were nice. But that's kind of the that's what you get with the Red Rockets. Right. This You're is true. Get that with Andy Dalton. Yeah, TCU grad of out of Katy, Texas, which is uh, not too far from my hometown. That's good. Yeah. That's good stuff. Texas boy went to Katy. What else you got for me, man? What else, what else are we talking about in this beautiful NFL talk? So we've got uh, we got a couple of you know a couple of pretty big games uh, on on tap. Yeah. Uh, this week we've got uh, Carolina Atlanta. That's an interesting game. Yeah, that like you know that's one of the ones I'm kind of keyed into. Of you know it could be surprising. I it could surprise a lot of people. I don't know. Like ooh, excuse me, I don't know why I'm yawning. It's early in the morning. It is. Well, it's two seventeen in the afternoon. Yes, <laughs> it's an early. For, it's early for a Saturday. Yes, it is. Um, I Greg Olson going down is hard, and with that yeah. happens, I can't trust Carolina. Honestly, I mean, I I can. I like DJ Moore. I still got Cam Newton. I, I Cam Newton is still oh. an excellent quarterback. Uh, they have um, Funchess. Yes, Funchess is nice, but Christian McCaffrey. If if this isn't the ultimate, like okay, Greg Olson's down. We need someone. Let's go to McCaffrey. If this, this isn't the sign where he can become that every down, like yeah, I'm your all-purpose running back. I'm also like your bell cow. Yep. Give it to him. Like I think he went. It, he went ten for fifty in his last game. Ten carries, fifty yards. Yep. Uh, that is true. He did. I'd like to see him get more carries than me too. 10. Me too. I'd like to see him. I'd like to see Christian McCaffrey get twenty carries a game. Yeah, give him the ball. Let him. You got to give him the ball. Yeah, he's, he needs a chance. Le'Veon Bell gets twenty plus car- carries a game, yeah. and sometimes all of his, he'll have r- runs for like two yards, five straight carries, and all of a sudden he hits like a sixty-yard run. It, it, it you know, you got to yeah, pound the ball, punch, punch it through the middle enough times. Eventually, the, the D line's gonna break, and you're gonna pop off like a seventy-five yarder. It's a, yeah, and Christian McCaffrey's too much of an athlete; and he's too talented. Yeah, like okay, so so you're talking about he needs more carries. Cam Newton had more you know rushing attempts than Christian McCaffrey. Does he that had, count as also running out of the pocket on a scramble? That may that may be what is counting. That, that might have happened a couple of times, but there are a lot of designed runs right. for Cam in that offense. Uh, according, according to the stat sheet that I'm looking at, he had 13 carries for 58 yards, averaged four and a half each time he did it, and he had a rushing touchdown. Well, when he you have a guy have like Cam Dewan who's very mobile, they're going to design plays like that for him. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah for sure. But um, I, I, think, I think McCaffrey... 
deserves more carries. He did get six receptions for 45, though. So. And, yeah, and that's what he, – he just put up 95 all-purpose yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, or he put up 95 um, offensive yards, you know, in a game. And like, yeah, that, that's, 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 that's fine. Like, he's produ- he's got – he's producing, you know. He's he's clearly someone that you're going to. I mean, it to- technically he had, what, 16 total touches? Yeah, pretty much. That's fine. And some people say, I want 20 touches a game. No, I, I want 20 carries and then six catches. Yeah, I mean, he needs – he just needs the ball, you exactly. know. He, he needs to be able to work because he's a good enough guy who he could he could do it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about the Falcons. Devontae Freeman going down. Tevin Coleman, they're going to rely on him. They've always had oh, yeah. a nice little duo at running back, but uh, – I don't. I don't care what happens as as long as they get in the red zone. I don't think they're going to score. As as long as I think I think if you get to Julio, then see when you talk they about tried the to go to Julio zone. in the red zone and they they had struggles. Steve Sarkeesian struggled week one in the red zone. That is very true. It was it was it was, it was hard bad. to watch. Yeah. See when you talk about that with the red zone and Julio Jones, you're like, can they beat a Carolina team who has gone down with a great guy like Greg Olson? Can you trust Julio Jones week two after they struggled so much? I in think, week one in the red zone. I think you can. Yeah. I think this was more on the lines of play calling. And I saw some interesting sabermetric stat that said, I think Matt Ryan has thrown something like 11 or 13 straight incompletions to Julio Jones in the red zone. Wow. Or or maybe it was like when he's targeted in the end zone. But okay. like, cause he might catch the ball in the red zone. Right. But if we're talking, if every time that Julio gets targeted in the end zone, the last thirteen or eleven targets that he's seen from Matt Ryan have all been incompletions. That's now, honestly, now it's usable know. because Julio Jones is one of the best wideouts in the NFL right now. I mean, yeah, yeah. I want to know how many of those targets were dropped passes and how oh. many of those were deflections. You know, he had that drop in the playoff. Yeah, game yeah, that's last kind of, year, and that does count as an incompletion. He did drop that, and he was in the end zone too. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. You know, you, so, you had those drop, you had those drop passes, that sort of thing. That, that's that's bad. Yeah, yeah, it's not good at all. Um, but but Matt Ryan did go 21 for 43 for 251 in his last game, and he had he almost had. He had 150 of them to Julio. Yeah. And if Julio would have added that 50 yard catch, that that was definitely a catch. Yeah. He would have had 221 receiving yards. He uh so Julio in the end had 169 yards. So he almost had, he almost had 170. Yeah. Um, I mean yeah if if, if that yeah, he catch, had a 220 he would yeah. have like 224 or something like that. He he would have had a monster day. It would have been crazy, man. Sign him up on my fantasy team. My goodness. He's a, he's a fantasy god. He really is. Him and Aaron Rodgers. Oh, don't, why would you say that name? That's because a game we gotta talk about. That, that, that hurts. That like, do you do you understand how hard it is to be a Bears fan because I, of Aaron Rodgers? I, well, the I, Bears I, are playing the Seahawks this week, so maybe there's hope. Maybe. Maybe. I don't. Yeah, maybe. I think so. I really think the Bears are gonna f- just kill the Seahawks. They need to. I mean, I, the Seahawks I, with Doug Baldwin being. Marked as injured, which I don't know how much I'm going to fall into it. The Bears. I mean, he's pretty need, hurt. He's pretty yeah, hurt. He's, he he's has like pretty, a partial MCL tear. The yeah, Bears need bad. to win that game. I don't. I mean, if you're yes, it's a must win for the Bears, and like a lot of people probably won't think about that as important as Bears fans do. But if you're a Bears fan, you need this to, is a must win. Like yeah, okay, you need to bounce back after this last is prime game. time. Like this is prime time football. Like getting wins in the in, in in the spotlight, and everyone can watch you on Thursday, Sunday night, Monday night, like. That's important. Definitely. You know, because you can piece together wins on Sunday, and that, that's always good, and that's kind of the idea is to just win on Sunday, and, you know, maybe you're not in the national media, but this Monday night game is a is a showcase for, one, can this Bears defense put together a full four quarters? 
instead of collapsing in the fourth like they did last week? And two, can this offense, after their first drive and a half, look good consistently? Yeah. I think I think Mitch needs to Mitch Trubisky needs to you know get his get his feet under him. Uh, he mm-hmm. needs to be he needs to, to have a chance to trust his routes more. Yeah, and he needs to prove that he can really, you know, sling it and be the guy that Bears fans. Frank, you yeah, know, I'm not a Bears fan, but I, oh, no. I want to. I want to see him. I want to see him, you know, show out and really become a force. You know, see, Trubisky's a very young quarterback, and I was Turner. I know you watched the game as right. well. We can talk about that, but I was watching the game against the Packers, and it was really the second quarter that became evident that Trubisky was throwing a lot of overthrown passes, especially in the red zone, which he's a very uh, young quarterback, but you have to he, get those passes on target. He overthrew that one to Allen Robinson on that on yep. their second drive, and, and that was that little fade route. And and like and that comes with time. That comes with practice. And and I and Mitch Trubisky, he owned up to missing that route. Right. And now imagine if he does throw that touchdown, and all of a sudden Trubisky has a rushing touchdown and a passing it's touchdown. Special. Allen and, Robinson has a touchdown. And the Bears win that game. And and all of a sudden you're up fourteen nothing. Right. And you know, all of a sudden that's an extra I mean even couple even, of points. But even a field goal would have won that game for the Bears, points wise. Points wise, yeah. I mean you you lose by one. Yeah. You lose that you lose by one. But what was really interesting with me is the play calling in that game really limited what you could see from that offense. There were a lot of tunnel screens and, and, and flat routes that running backs and slot receivers were running and it's just so you want it was hard. I was I want more. Oh, well, the, when it comes to play calling, I want them to commit to the run more. Right. Because the Packers clearly couldn't stop Jordan Howard. Yeah. And even if they stopped him on one play, they he, weren't going to stop him on the other play. Jordan Howard is still proving to this day that he deserves to be one of the top running backs in the NFL, or well, to, to be talked about as right. one of the top in the NFL. Right. I was about he, to say it's a little bit jumping the gun. He trashed. Yes. The Packers defense, like 82 yards on, I, I don't know how many carries he Fif- had. 15 carries, 82 yards, five and a half per carry. Five and a half per carry is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, you mm-hmm. should be getting the ball every, every time. time. Yeah, y- y- it should be It should be an offense that only passes on third down. It I mean, like- it, but that's what happened last year with the Bears. Like, you know, offense only passes on third down. But, I mean, like, yeah, you have to mix it up and understand. Like, mixing it up, be, have variety. Right, right. But when it comes down to it, like, if you need a play and it's, Third and one, short down hand situation. the ball off. Yeah, short down situation. Worst worst case scenario, he doesn't get it. And then depending on field position, you could go for it on the Exactly. Like that play calling on against the Packers was one handoff to Jordan Howard. Then, like Turner was saying before, I was like three screen pay- passes oh. in a row. It's like Allen Robinson. The screens were rough. And then yeah, I think the last seen. thing is, did you guys see that picture? It's been floating around yes. on Twitter. And it was of Trubisky who rolled to his right. And it was a... I thought no, I thought he rolled to his left. He had a, he had the lane right to the end zone, and then the, it was his, well, that was his right, and it was Trey Burton had flashed over, uh, that left side. Yeah, and a lot of people scrutinized Trubisky because he looked to his right, checked his progressions, and the screen wasn't there. And as he looked back, Trey Burton's like wide open in the end zone. He's with like wide open, lane. but what you don't see, and you see Haha Clinton Dix in pursuit. And he's like five yards away, maybe six or seven. But Haha Clinton Dix is running full speed. Yep. He's got one of the, he's like, top, he has great closing speed. Oh, yeah. He's, he's a ball hawk. And a lot of coaches and even analysts that like are good at, you know, professional analysts said, hey, 
he would have probably thrown a pick there. He probably would have. Because he's got to throw that ball 15, 20, maybe even, yeah, about 20, 22 yards, and he's got to rifle that thing right to Trey Burton, who's just stays, like, he's standing there. Yep. So, and and the other thing is, they, they Trubisky was interviewed about it. They, they did a press conference earlier this week, and Tr- Mitch Trubisky came out and said that, you know, Progression was the was the screen. If I go through my progressions quick enough, like you know, the next time maybe I find Trey in the end zone. But Matt Nagy comes out and says, "I know if he goes through his progressions, he finds him." But the entire week that we practiced that play, Trey Burton was never open. open. Yeah, exactly. He was literally covered the entire time, and the screen was always open. And the Packers just somehow covered the screen rather than finding Trey Burton. Right. Over the top. Right. So, again, and this if the Bears have time to mesh and this offense gets to learn each other and Trubisky starts to to grasp the offense even more outside of training camp. Yep. And, and really takes control of it, I, that's dangerous. I agree. And you mentioned you mentioned uh, Hawk, Hawk Clinton Dix and his pursuit speed, right, and his ability to, to catch up. It's Do you thing. remember, and you might not, it was, it was a couple years ago, um, when, he was at, when he was at Alabama. Okay. Um, he used to turn, you know, plays that looked like it was going to be blatant. You know, other team goes for 75 yards on a crazy good pass, right? Mm-hmm. He'd turn those into pick sixes because he has such a good pursuit speed that he can catch up to a pass and turn it. Like, I, I, I saw a video recently um, just on YouTube. I was looking at crazy compilations. Yeah. Right? And it's like crazy NFL pick – sorry, not NFL. Crazy college pick sixes. Right. Right? And – Literally, you're talking about his, you know, being able to catch up to a guy. Yeah. It, it was the exact, it was almost the same play. You had a receiver standing still, Clinton Dix in pursuit, doesn't look like he's going to go anywhere with it, and then just out of nowhere, he snags it and takes it to the house. Yeah, he's he's an elite athlete, and he's one of the best safeties in the NFL. And I just, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Do I wish that Mitch would have thrown that ball? Maybe. I but, think it but at the end of the day, picked. at the end of the day, we put a field goal up there. We were up 10-0. And, and we were up ten to zero, and ultimately we were up twenty to zero. Yeah. And you know, would we have liked to score more points? Yes, but we were up twenty to zero. You got to find a way to win the game, no matter what. If you're up twenty to zero. All right. Fine. And that's it. Yeah. But yeah Bears yeah. are gonna kill the Seahawks. Doug Baldwin's hurt. Brandon Marshall being sucks. in Soldier Field. That's another thing to keep in yes. mind. Yeah. It's gonna Their be. Bears are at home opener, and that defense that they're trotting out there now. Khalil Mack. I mean, if that defense yeah. without Khalil Mack would have been all right. They would have been pretty decent. You know, they wouldn't have been taking over games, but they would have been bend, don't break. Yep. This is a defense where it's like, all right, we're going to stuff you. Yeah. You're not going to run the ball, and if you try to pass it, yep. good luck. Like, I, I know Rodgers torched us. I want to see I want to see Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack, uh, you know, he had the great first half performance against the Packers. He's I on w- that snap count. Not anymore, though. He's right. starting to get uh, his conditioning back. Right. I, I want to I see him... You know, keep that consistent throughout the entire game because he kind of yeah. fell off in the second half. And a name that's getting lost in the shuffle, in a sense, Trevathan on that Bears defense. No, Trevathan was great. He had a great game. I yeah, liked the I way agree. he played. But the starting linebacker out there was Nick Kwiatkowski. Oh. Nick Kwiatkowski was out there starting. He is a good. He's great against the run, but he just he's not very good in coverage. Right. He needs to f- add that tool to his game. Maybe drop a couple of pounds. He looks a little big out there. But someone who played very well in the very limited snaps that he had in that game was Roquan Smith, Ooh. the Bears' first-round pick. Yeah, I haven't heard he anything. He has earned, coaches came out this week and said Roquan earned significantly more playing time based off of the plays that they saw. I mean, he got a sack on his first play in the NFL. Yeah, there you go. So 
they they think Roquan's going to play and they're going to they're going to see him more and adding Roquan Smith to that defense who has very good coverage skills, excellent, you know, can read the game well, you know, great run stuff and can actually rush the passer a little bit. Right. I mean, you're adding an elite linebacker to a a borderline elite defense. It's 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 going to be nice to see. So, and I don't think and I I think we should all have a collective prayer. So, <laughs> for the Seahawks right tackle Jermaine Effetti. Oh my. Because Khalil Mack is going to bulldoze him. All right, so we heard from the two Bears fans on the show. So, Cal, you're the one and only Houston Tetson fan, so I want your take on Oof. the Houston Tetsons versus the Titans this week. That's a grudge match. Um, not many people know that that's a grudge match. Is it really? Yeah, um, so a little, little history behind the Texans-Titans rivalry. The old Houston Oilers. The, the old, yeah, exactly. Very, so, so now you know. Um, the old TNT rivalry, is the, as they call it. Um, Oilers, of course, were Houston's team for years and years and years. Um, and then got moved by by a terrible owner. May God, you know, just you know, may 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 the fires of hell shine upon him. Wow. <laughs> I, I want my Oilers. Wow. I want my Oilers back. I want my Oilers back. They weren't even my Oilers. Would you rather have the Oilers or the Texans? I'd rather have the Oilers. Wow. I love that color scheme. Are you kidding me? Talk love to, you. you lo- talk to JJ Watt. Lo- love you blue, dude. Imagine JJ Watt and love you blue. It'd be beautiful. It'd be beautiful. I mean, it would be cool. But at the same time. It's the Texans. You got to roll with your home. You, you can't. I mean, you can't. Come on now. Okay, so listen. I like the Texans, right? I okay. love them. I love them. I would like it if we had the same team, okay. but they were named the Oilers. Okay. You know? I'd, okay. I'd, okay. I'd, I'd, I'd rather have, you know, J.J. Watt, Deshaun, all, all the guys who are playing right now. Yeah. But the team is named the Oilers, and they, <laughs> and they wear they wear the love you blue and the, right. and the red. Okay. That's just, that's just my opinion. So, question, I guess... I. I Asking you about this this previous game with the with the Patriots. Yes, I thought that defense. I thought that the Houston defense was going to put up a better fight. I thought Tom so too. And that offense, but what really surprised me was how well the Patriots defense played I against agree. the Texans offense. I know Deshaun Watson still had a pretty good game, but he 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 also looked like he struggled. Oh, he he. He definitely struggled. Seventeen for thirty-four. He honestly, he should have done. I actually, he really shouldn't have done, but much better. The Patriots had great defense. Deshaun is coming off of a season-ending injury that he, you know, is still, I think, in some ways, even still recovering from. He's still trying to get his legs back under him. This was his first game back, right? Um, and I think he got a lot of pressure put on him by a lot of people, um, and he he didn't live up to the pressure, but. I think he'll do it this week. I think okay. he's, I think he's gonna get. I think he's gonna get his rhythm back this week. Um, the the Titans are not the Patriots. They are not the Patriots. I think he's going to. I think he's just. He might not go off, but I think he's gonna have a, a pretty a pretty good game. Right. Um. He's got. He also only had one real target. He had he had DeAndre Hopkins, yeah, yeah, DeAndre. and that was it. Will Fuller is coming back this week. DeAndre's still there. I think since now that he has, you know, he has his two favorite targets back. Send him deep. Send him deep. <laughs> exactly. No, no, no. You, you laugh. You laugh, but that is so true, man. Just, Who was the longtime Texans tight end? Longtime Texans tight end. Well, there's a few. Uh, there was Brooks Reed. No, he was like their really reliable target. Really reliable target. Owen Daniels. Yeah, Owen Daniels. I I love me I some miss, Owen Daniels. I miss I miss Owen. Owen was great. Owen Daniels was great. Yeah, Owen. 
I love you, Owen. Owen, uh, oh, he was so he fun was to watch. So, he was great to watch. He he made plays in the clutch, which was yes, crazy because he, he was a tight end. Oh, I mean, Jason Witten, I mean, Tony yeah, Gonzalez. Yeah. But, like, you know. Bronk. <laughs> he, he came in and, like, him and Andre Johnson were on the same offense, and mm. those two guys were clutch. And then the Texans were still bad. I know, right? <laughs> you know why? Because we've never had a good quarterback. Uh, Matt Schaub was okay. No, he was not. Matt Schaub was all right. No, he was not. Schaub was all right. He also had a terrible offensive line, which is another problem. That Well, I mean, any, Jay Cutler had a terrible offensive line, and he was still decent. Yeah. Matt, Matt Depends Schaub. on what year you're talking about here. Also true. That is a very good point. I, that is a very good point. Yep. 20, 2012 Jay Cutler was pretty awesome. Yeah. The the what I what I will say is the uh, the one quarterback who uh, who has a playoff win in franchise history. Right. Do you do you know? Uh, I do. We've talked about this a lot. Oh, T.J. Yates. Yes, T.J. Yates. And do you know? Do you know uh, the quarterback who got us the closest to a playoff berth? You know, since Magic. Not Fitz Magic. Okay, so it's not Fitz Magic. Then it's Houston boy. Okay. Ooh. What team does he play for currently? Broncos. It's not Keen. Is it Case Keenum? Case Keenum. Ooh, that's nasty. He he was he he was com- he was totally underrated when he played for the Texans. He, he's still he, underrated. He's still very actually. Under- he's kind of overrated now. Um, he's, he, but I question for the Texans defense: How are you going to stop DeAndre or uh, not DeAndre? Um, Marcus uh, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry had a 62-yard touchdown run last week against the Dolphins that got called back. Yeah. Um, I mean that he looked good minus the penalty. <laughs> That's gonna be that's gonna be really the you know the challenge for the Texans. I think you know obviously JJ has to show up. Um, the whole defense has to show up, but really like I think it's just a matter of tightening up in the middle. You know. Yeah, get, you gotta stop the run, man. Yeah, just you just gotta stop the run. And I don't, I don't have a good answer to you as to how they're gonna do it. I think. Yeah, because the Titans are they they run the ball well. The Titans they really they, do. they will always run the ball well. They really do. Um, the good news though is that um, Lamar Miller honestly. Runs good as well. Lamar Miller does run well, but I think Alfred Blue, he had that touchdown in the goal line last week. Right. And I know he might have vultured it, but if, you know, yeah. he, he, still, he still scored. He still scored. And yeah, you got to give that TV. to him. Yeah. I, I, I always enjoy watching Alfred Blue play as well. Alfred Blue is always a fun. He's so fun. Alfred Fun. He, he, Alfred Fun. That's Alfred what we're going to call him. Alfred Fun. Alf, Alfred, Al, Alfred Flew. Sure. I mean, if that's what if that's what makes you sleep at night, I guess. I is it? Know. No, wow. it's not. It's it's most definitely not. But other than that, I mean, like, there's a couple other NFL games there that that are kind of, uh, they're not really on. They weren't on my radar. I, I we talked about it a little bit on our show Chief earlier Steelers, today. Chiefs Steelers, maybe. Chiefs Steelers, not really. Not um, really. No. I, you know, I keep a lot of the Browns games on my radar. Yeah, now me too. Because it's, I watched Hard Knocks. Yeah. And I watched all the Hard Knocks episodes this this year and. <laughs> They were kind of interesting. I, I thought it was funny, and it was it was the, it was good. The, I love the OC. <laughs> oh yeah, their offensive or no, that's their, uh, their, their offensive line. Yeah, coach, their old line coach Bob Wiley or something like that. And every <laughs> time he says "hut," his entire gut moves in unison. The man with the movable stomach. Every time he says a word. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was funny. But I think uh, I always want to see the Browns, you yeah. know. And I watched them last week, and that was a really good game. That they was played crazy. the Steelers well. That was crazy. They, have a very special football player in number 21, Denzel Ward. Yes. A lot of people were criticized them for taking him at fourth overall, but I think they made a very, very, very good pick. They took the best corner in the draft, and they did it for one reason, and that was so they could stop Antonio Brown. And, yes. and Denzel Ward and gave and him it fits. It. it did He it. gave up a touchdown, but he still gave him fits, yep. and they tied. Yep. 
I was I was so just I was impressed with with how the Browns played. It's yeah. a different team than I think we've seen from the Browns in the past five years. Yeah, it's really. a better team than we've seen. The they past have talent, five years. and I think if Tyrod Taylor figures it out offensively and starts to get some rhythm, and then is able to, you know, not leave so many deep balls up in the air right. and short, and he can really air it out and start letting his receivers go get it, then whole world of trouble. Although Josh Gordon has been ruled out this is true. this week, I do not know why. I didn't read. I did see that he was ruled out. I didn't think it was injury related, but if it, it could is, be. it could be. And it's very interesting. Could be a rehab thing. I uh, I, it might. I know. He's, he, I know. He's still. He was dealing with that in the off season. He was go- doing rehab, rehab stints in the off season. Yes. Because they they talked about that on Hard Knocks. Um, yes. I mean, it could be something related to that. I maybe maybe he Who did knows? catch a touchdown last he week. He did. Though. Yes. That was kind of cool. Uh, I want to see Jarvis Landry get to work. Ooh, I do want to see Jarvis Landry start. Start getting uh, some more touches. I, I want to see start blessing people. Bless them. Oh, bless them. Bless them. Bless them. <laughs> Man, he was great. Anyway, so we're we're kind of into the the second little you know little part of our show where we're actually going to start talking about the school that we go to. Oh, jeez. Before we start talking about Mizzou, this is still Mizzou related. I got this notification on my phone just seven minutes ago. Oh my. Uh, Ku scored fifty five points. What? And they beat Rutgers 55 to 14. Oh my god. And this is the first time that they have beat two FBS schools in consecutive weeks uh since 2009. And now they want Bama. So KU a has a winning record. KU is 2 and 1, yes. Hide your children, the sky is falling. Chicken little. Uh if and they Mizzou want wins, if Mizzou doesn't win today, we'll have the same now, record as Kansas. We'll have the same record as Kansas, and I think hell might have frozen over. Wait, that, Turner, that is a if I heard you right, KU said they want Bama. Yes, KU, just like Vanderbilt said they want Bama last year, starting a three and zero. Yeah, and then Bama came, and Vanderbilt ended up just getting stomped. And Vanderbilt never won since. I don't think. Uh, I they might have won a game Maybe. after. I don't Maybe. know, but. KU, there's a fan that had a sign in the picture that came up on Bleacher Report and it said, we want Bama. Insane. Insane. And obviously it'll never happen because that's a joke. That's very KU laughable. Would, literal, a literal joke. It's KU the would get obliterated. Be, KU would, their football program wouldn't exist. They they use, they use they already use humans as tackle dummies. They would, they would have to ditch the humans and just use rocks or something. A, a, very, a very large tree stump. One more update: Florida State blown out thirty to seven. First time since nineteen sixty six that FSU has lost to Syracuse. And here's one. And again, college football. I mean, uh, oh, this is just rough. A lot of dumpster fire memes heading your way. But what a, what a terrible way to not honor Burt Reynolds. Yes, Burt Reynolds, former Seriously. Florida State football player, and you lose to Syracuse. They have, they, they have the sticker on the helmet for him, and they still get beat. Upsetting. What a what what a what a but terrible. Like you got like you had mentioned, uh, Mizzou onto Mizzou, right? Yes, on onto Mizzou. There's so, a lot to talk about here. So we, we we're gonna start. We're not even gonna start with football. We're just gonna start with general Missouri sports. Uh, just kind of hyping up what we've got planned for you this weekend here on KCOU. Uh, currently ongoing, actually. Uh, the volleyball team is taking on Drake. That's uh okay. That's that's going on on the on the C stream right now. So if you're online, you click the brown box. Uh, but then, of course, later on tonight, game against Purdue. And then tomorrow at noon, t- 
Tiger Soccer takes on Portland State. Mm. And, of course, Tiger Soccer, the, 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 the Tigers beat Kentucky um, uh, this week, 1-0 off of a penalty kick. Uh, that was an insane game, and I had the honor yeah, of you calling got, you that got game. Yeah, you got to call that game. So, so break it down for us, Cole. So Kentucky and Mizzou, this is the first. Mizzou started the year off. Pretty poorly, I would argue. A two and four record. There was the, it was their first win in SEC play, and same as Kentucky, it was their first game in conference. And what we saw out of Mizzou was a team that started off pretty fundamental errors. You know, you pass two people that you thought would be open, but they end up not being on that side of the field. So pretty fundamental. But second half, they seemed to clean up a little bit. Defense played well, so that was a good thing to see. It was not just. The goalie doing everything for Mizzou, so that was great to see. <laughs> mm-hmm. But how how long was the ball out of bounds for? Because um because I called um I called the Tigers game against Northwestern earlier this season. Oh, and not the only, ball the, the ball was out of bounds for like seventy five percent of the game. Oh, not only was it out of bounds for a lot, but it was at the same spot back oh, to back God. to back to back. So so, so you had, oh. you had the classic call where you're like. It's uh, thrown to Northwestern, and they throw it, and it's out of bounds. Throw it for the Tiger, and there it goes. Correct. <laughs> just that's just got to be frustrating. It's so annoying. It's it's, it's so hard. It's so hard to call. It is hard to call something like that, and I can only imagine. But it was great. Great. It was a great win for Mizzou in the football. Yeah, good win. Football Crazy program. good win. Um, but so so, you know, the the, Euro, the European football. Uh, European football. Yeah. Yeah. So so the, the the Missouri football team. Yeah. No, but that that's a good win. I, I yeah. I'd like to see them be better. Definitely, you know, definitely. I, I, I they had an okay season last year. It was, I really don't think they had very many expectations. Regardless, oh yeah, but I, mean, I think they need to constantly improve. But they again playing the NCC like that's a tough division for soccer. Yeah, and There's a lot of really good teams. If you if you've ever looked at their non conference schedule, they schedule they schedule big. They play. They do uh, schedule big teams. They played Gonzaga. They played USC, who was the national champion two years ago. Yep. They played Northwestern, who's. I believe they won the Big Ten last season. I remember that. Yes. Um, like they they played. I believe they played Stanford they, once. I believe so. Um, they played both Iowa and Iowa State. State. Yeah. Um, they played OSU, Oklahoma State, not not Ohio State. Not Ohio State. Uh, they, they the played, Ohio State. I don't. Yeah. Ew. But uh. It's so they played Oklahoma State in an exhibition game. Uh huh. So you know, obviously, it doesn't count for the record, but they still won. Um. So you know, they 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 might ha- it might have been two and four going into this Kentucky game, but they lost to good opposition, and half the time they lose in overtime. I'd like to see them put together a winning season. Oh, I'd love to see it. It'd be great. Um, I think a, a good win against Kentucky starts that on the right note. Yeah. I think they'll blow out. Uh, they'll they'll blow out Portland State this weekend. Hopefully, and then that'll really get them rolling on a on a powerful season. Uh, another team that's been you know kicking off action has a beautiful start. I believe after this after uh, yesterday they're now eight and two. And this is uh, Mizzou women's volleyball. Yes, Mizzou volleyball. They yeah, they've looked good. They they won in straight sets against. Uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, the Islanders. That was an yeah. insane game. And then they they won three sets to one against Ohio. Ooh. Uh, they they played and you know of course as, as we said they're playing Drake right now so they are you know they were excellent last season they as were well. they uh, they got to the NCAA tournament uh, they did lose they which lost was unfortunate they lost um, in the regionals in the in the regional final yes um, against number one but, Penn State yes but yes of course it was they against, took it to them it was against the number one team and even better they beat KU and Wichita State 
Yes, but who cares about that? They, yeah, beat, they KU. beat KU. That's really all that we really matter. <laughs> that's, 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 that's all that matters. That's what matters. That's but but anyway, so that's our uh, that's our our Mizzou uh, our Mizzou sports that aren't football. So uh, now, now the main event. Now of the main the event. Evening. So uh, so Mizzou is heading up to West Lafayette to play Purdue, the Boilermakers tonight. Um, it, once again, you can catch that game live here on KCOU. We've got a. Corbett Kostlock and I believe Daniel Varag. Maybe I don't know. I, I again I didn't see the list. I believe I didn't, it's, I didn't check it. I, I believe it's Corbett and Daniel on the call for that. Uh, either way, it's here. It'll be a good game. They're going to do be, well. Yeah. They're going to do a great job calling but it. But this the game is be interesting because did you see the new Mizzou football uniforms, the oh, all white those ones? Are nice. Those are icy. Really nice. One thing that I thought was really funny was Dave Matter tweeted out. Um, about the uniforms that had like the first order gift of the Stormtroopers and all the. Re- replies on a tweet was like, "Don't give Drew Lock the stormtrooper aim." Oh my! So I thought that was don't give Drew Lock the stormtrooper. Yeah, did Dave? Did Dave Matter just jinx the Tigers? Uh, uh, <laughs> but no, funny. the uniforms really look really nice. They are very nice uniforms. I don't know which ones are like more those or the new basketball uniforms. Oh, those basketball. I like uniforms. the football ones. I, I like the football ones ones more. You know, as well. all white is always a fun look to go with. It reminds me of team. the all white Penn State uniforms, to be honest. No, those I, are a lot different. Yeah, in my opinion. yeah. The, the all white Penn State uniforms are almost a classic in a sense. Yeah, I mean they've been, but they're not. They're just not sharp. They just okay. seem kind of classicy, like Penn State. They're kind of clunky. Right. These these dudes, they're sharp. These are clean. They're Maybe it's just because I grew up in a Big Ten family, so when I see an all white uniform, that's what my mind goes to. Oh, that, that's. I right. I think I think of UT. UT used to wear the all whites with the the orange Longhorn logo on the helmet. Yep, that UT did. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm Who, a, I'm a, I like the Irish. I'm a Notre yeah, Dame fan. Yep. Um, so they they've always had probably one of the most. What? Hey, excuse me, talking down. <laughs> they probably had one of the most classic uniforms yep. of all time. Notre Dame. I'm a big Irish guy, but also that. I mean, UNLV. Right. They've just had uniforms. It's Dude. UNLV. That's they're kind of bad. Yeah. I do like. I I always support my rebels though. Go Rebs. Yeah, UT of course uh, playing USC in the that's yeah. That's the really third. That's the third uh, rematch. It's like the the third episode of that since, series since uh, since the big Vince Young. Um, that was an excellent game. Era game, yeah. That was a great game. The, the whole idea of Vince Young against Reggie Bush is oh, don't beautiful. bring that game up against me. That's beautiful. Don't bring that game. That's because you're a big USC fan, aren't you? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, but should we make I've, a bet on air now? I guess, yeah. Are we making a bet on this? I, uh, I, I say, I say, USC. I'm putting wins money. This. I'll put. What do you want to do? How do you want to do this? See, when but it let's, comes not, to let's not do money. Let's do something silly. Food? No, no, no. A no. Bag something, of chips? something like comical. Something comical. So we'll we'll figure out the details later. But whoever lose, loses loses has to, to do something. The winner to, says has to jump right. in the fountain. Loser if has to maybe jump in the fountain. if USC loses, I'll dye my hair pink again. Oh my gosh! And I'm fine with that. <laughs> That's fine. With- <laughs> and they're gonna lose to Notre Dame. It says Notre Dame USC. We'll bet on that game. <laughs> See, when it comes to USC, like yes, they did play Stanford last week and they lost single handedly. But USC still trying to find their program. But it reminds me of what happened last year when they lost. In a heartbreak against Washington State, but yep. yeah, is nope. what it is. Yep. But anyway, anyway, Mizzou football. We're getting Mizzou, sidetracked. The the, the 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 school that we go to. Um, yes. So what are, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts for this game? What do you want to see? Mizzou um, needs to win this game because after this game, if it's the if hardest they, stretch of the season, right? It's the hardest three games this season, and if you lose, you, not a good look for the season outlook at all. 
You definitely. Oh, go ahead. You, you you want you want the momentum, of course, going into this, this crazy stretch. Um, I I think of this as almost like a preseason. Almost. If yeah. you th- you, these are three bad teams that you should clearly be beating. Yes. And then you get that fourth week, and you're like, okay, here's Georgia. If this offense can figure it out and they can just start clicking on all cylinders and he and Drew Locke can spread the ball around and Demaria Crockett and Larry Roundtree can really get their legs moving and, and dominate the run game. Yep. And the and and it's a balanced offense, then right. I think that's good. And 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 you tune it up. Right, right. It's like tuning a car. You clean up everything and, and then you, you hope you hope that defense can 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 be consistent and at least keep you in this game. And on to Georgia, and yeah, it's going to be a big week next week. So the I think this is, is like another be, game that you have to – it's a cleanup game. It's the defense yeah. is yeah. definitely going to be key in this game because Purdue strives on the run game, and if I'm not mistaken, Mizzou hold – I mean, they did play UT Martin, Wyoming. Mizzou still does a pretty good job on the ground. They, Correct, they, and only, that's what Purdue strives on for their offense. So if you're able to hold that, and if, once again, Drew Locke, Damari Crockett, Albert Okawainbaum, Emmanuel Hall's been playing very well in the past two games. Emmanuel Hall is Emmanuel better Hall than Jamon Moore. He Emmanuel can, Hall is a better receiver than Jamon Moore. He can hold ever the ball. Be. He can hold the ball. That that immediately makes him better than Jamon Moore. Jamon, well, no, Emmanuel Hall has, has some drops, and there have been some hard drops to watch. Yes, but at the end of the day, Emmanuel but. Hall is a better receiver than Jamon Moore is. Yes, Jamon Moore. Yeah, I mean Emmanuel Hall only goes deep, but he torches people. Jamon Moore didn't torch people. But Emmanuel Hall, I think, can run more routes. I agree. I and agree. he's a better route runner, and I think he's a more complete receiver than Jamon Moore. I'd say also look out for Jonathan Johnson. He's He's been pretty consistently good for the Tigers. And then on the uh, on the bench, man, people are forgetting about Jalen Knox. You I, love him. Yeah. I love Jalen Knox. You're a big Jalen Knox guy. I am. I, okay. Do you, do you want to know why? Because, because you're from Texas. Because as I'm, because as I'm, no, it has nothing to do with the fact that he's from Texas. Does he like the? the it's Texans? because, <laughs> I, it's because as I as I'm standing, I'm standing in the booth at at Faro Field against UT Martin. I'm I'm calling the game, and Jalen Knox goes out, and like I swear, it was on the first time he was targeted. Right, he goes and makes this incredible grab. He like, literally, Randy like, lost it. Like, you know, one-handed, maybe, you know, it was like one-handed, Brandy Moss, the, the defender, wow. just and just absolutely torched the guy. And from then on, I'm like, this, this kid's my got guy. it. This kid has it. This is my guy. Like, yeah, I, yeah I don't Fresh, know, one play. Freshman receiver, one play from scrimmage, and he totally torched the defender. And I believe the catch was, like, over UT Martin's, like, helmet or something. Yes. So it was really Randy Moss-esque. It, it, was, it was the Randy Moss-esque play. I mean, it was, it was amazing. That's great. So from, from then on, like, Y'all, y'all don't be sleeping on on Jalen Jalen Knox or Cam Scott. Don't sleep on Cam Scott either. Only had one only had one catch this year, but I think he's only been targeted once. You might be right. And he, it went for seventy yards for a touchdown. So look uh, at the QB yeah. comparison of Purdue and Drew Lock. Drew Lock is the clear favorite here. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, he's clearly the better quarterback. He's, he's, it's, that's there's no real denying. He's, he's that. clearly the better quarterback. I think. Sindelar, you know, just isn't. Purdue's not a good football team. They're not. Let's, like, we have to, They're only like, two. They've lost an inferior opposition. Exactly. Let's not sugarcoat anything. Purdue's not a good football team. They weren't a good football team last year. Missouri should have beat Purdue at home last year, and Indeed. now you're going on the road. This need this is a must win. Yes. This is a game where not only are you going to fine-tune everything and you're going to really clean things up, you're going to blow them out. Yes, they have you are to. going to blow them out. It is you are going to make every fan in that stadium leave by the second quarter. They're so like what Purdue did last year. Yes, they're going to Dirk. Missouri will put up more points than Purdue put up 
at Farrell Field last year. Which I think is understandable because Mizzou averages like 45 points. I'm sure you yes. played UT Martin But it's no excuse for Purdue to lose last year against Eastern Michigan and average 14 points a game. I agree. Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. So I think it's an important game. I, I'm excited to see what happens. I think Drew Locke's going to come out and look he's, he's really good him. again. I think he's it's that that. Lock Hall connection is going to better win. than Jamon. It's going to win so many football games. It really will. And 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 if you really look at this, like you're getting into that toughest part of the season where it's it's Georgia, Bama, South Carolina, and then Memphis, and then and then you get into some weaker conference play where you can manage and, and yeah. win some games. Kind of, but kind you're of the same three deal. games ahead. Right, kind of the same deal that the Tigers had last year, except instead of having to build and you know really fight. You know, you know, every game was a must-win situation to get a bowl. Now it's going to be, you know, you you might get slaughtered by by these next three games right. after Purdue. But after that, you know, you know, as long as as long as they keep the faith, you know, as long no, as yeah, they keep going, keep the faith. And I think you're gonna, you know, you go in and and if you play Georgia and all of a sudden you find yourself up or down by a little and yeah. you're in the game. Holy, then you're in the game. Cow. Like you, you've just taken every Mizzou fan for a ride, and yeah. everyone in everyone at Furrow Field is probably stunned at this point. Yeah. So yeah. it's similar to what Mizzou did last year in Athens when it was not tied, but it was near. It was tied. close. Yeah, that, right. it was close. That, fir- that first half was was pretty close. That was a good first half, and Drew Locke kept slinging it around. And, yeah. and if if the Missouri defense was good, any bit. Decent, yeah. they would have. You know, <laughs> it would have been a little bit of a better chance. game. Would have had chance. Yeah. But I think you know. If you go into this part at three and zero, and you come out of it at three and three, excuse me. Ooh. Oh man! If you go in three and zero and you come out three and three, you're basically even. I mean, you are five hundred, but you're basically oh yes. no! It just all you have to do is win four games. And honestly, yes. no one can win fault four you for, games and you're bowl eligible. And honestly, no one can fault you for losing to Georgia, South Carolina, and Bama. You can be faulted for losing to South Carolina, yes. but not Georgia and Bama. But not Georgia and Bama. Georgia and Bama, is especially a in Tuscaloosa. Oh, yes, yeah. that, that's a, you can by all, by all accounts any team can be excused. If you for, beat Bama and Tuscaloosa, oh my God. yeah, might as well crown them. Yeah, give give give, give the Tigers a playoff spot at that point. But We're winning the whole thing. If they go out, if they go after and they come out of this. Stretch at three and three. I won't be upset. And I just the only idea after that is okay. Win four more games. Yes. Win them. That's yeah. all it is. Yep. Because if you win your four games, you're you're a bowl. You're bowl eligible. So you got go I mean, to a bowl either, game. So you got win between like Memphis, Tennessee, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Florida, and the Swamp. Which Florida and the Swamp. I think that's a winnable game. Yeah, honestly. That, that, Florida and the Swamp is not the that, Swamp is dead. It, it meant something back in 2010. It means it means nothing now. Whatever Big Al, the Gator, whatever yeah. that mascot's name is, yeah. he, he he might be dead. The, the Florida Gators are terrible. Yeah, um, Arkansas is not very good, and they have to come to Missouri this time. They're gonna die. <laughs> um, I I don't think Vandy's Vandy Vandy's sucks. a loss. Tennessee Tennessee Vandy sucks. Vandy's gonna get killed. Tennessee's not good. So Vandy Tennessee are wins in my opinion. Kentucky Kentucky might Kentucky's be, a really close game. Yeah, Kentucky's gonna be a problem. But I think Florida's a win. I think Arkansas is probably a win. I mean that's that's five wins right there or Mem- four wins right there. Memphis sucks. That's gonna be a win. Memphis Memphis doesn't suck. Oh, is that, they weren't. They were supposed to be better. They lost AAC their best receiver team. last year in the draft. The Bears drafted Anthony Miller out of Memphis. All right, second round. Yep. But their quarterback Ferguson, I think he got hurt. I'm pretty sure you're right. Anyway, so uh, we we don't have much time left. So what's your pre- score yeah. prediction? For uh, score prediction. Score prediction. I'll tell you right now. Well, we don't even have to do score prediction. Okay. I, I want you. You know, tell me. Tell me what you think is gonna happen. The spread is five in favor of Missouri. The spread is 
Only five? Only five? Only five. That's, that's Missouri's gonna, me. Okay, The final score is going to be like 48 to 14. I said that in my last show, and I'll say it then. 48-14, Missouri's going to kill him. The spread will be covered by mounds of peanut butter, jelly, butter, whatever you want to spread on your windbread. Emmanuel Hall's favorite salad dressing. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is either. It might be ranch, might be Caesar. Who knows? That's what's going to be covering the spread. Emmanuel Hall. Yes. All right. I they're going to blow him out. Missouri's yes. Missouri's going to win. I agree. I agree. It's going to be a blow up for Missouri. All right. So well, you look at it, and Purdue drives on the run game. DJ Moore is their star running back. He got 120 yards, if I'm not mistaken, against Eastern Michigan. But Mizzou holds running backs. I mean, you did play UT Mar in Wyoming, but Mizzou aver- holds like running backs like three yards a carry and like 80 yards in total in the run game. So Mizzou averages 40 points. Purdue averages 15. So I like your 40, 15 prediction in favor of the Tigers. All righty. So that's all we have today on KNC Sports. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining us, Turner. Want to do a subtle plug before before we sign off? Uh, Yeah. Uh, Check out Undrafted uh, on KCOU. We do Thursday mornings at 8 a.m. If you're ever up that early, it's... I'm sorry if you are, <laughs> but if you're ever up uh, early on Thursday mornings, check out Undrafted on KCOU and follow us on Twitter at uh, Undrafted KCOU. And of course, uh, Can't Can't See is going to be uh, back on Tuesdays at eight as well. So uh, so tune in to us uh, if you want, if you like Cole and I. Um, up next is Lights Out here on Sports Saturday. So keep it here on KCOU 88.1 as we get you ready for the big game tonight as the Tigers take on the Purdue Boilermakers. For the guys here in the studio, Turner, Cole on the board over there, I'd like to thank you for tuning in and have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Have a wonderful rest of your week. This is DJ Megaseg, your favorite robot DJ, only on KCOU Columbia 88.1 FM.